Well, in 1863, the American poet Henry Wadsworth Longfellow wrote a poem called Christmas Bells. It's been kind of transformed into a carol called I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day more recently, but his original poem was called Christmas Bells. He wrote this on Christmas Day in 1863 when his son enlisted in the Union Army to fight in the Civil War. I think from our history classes, from being in America, we understand the Civil War was not a great war. Super bloody, a lot of casualties, and there was really more guarantee that you would die or come back missing a limb or probably a few years away from death than coming back from the battle being unscathed. It was almost like a death sentence when you enlisted into the Civil War. Um, was not good. And so his son enlists, and he's just processing this all, and it is hard. He's like, man, like, it's just violence and war. It's in our own country, and it's just, it's horrible. And so he writes these words. I want to read them for us this morning. They, they won't be up on the screen, so I'll just, I'll just read them out loud. And, it's, and he wrote these words. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play. The wild and sweet, the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And thought how, as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day. A voice, a chime, a chant sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then from each black accursed mouth, the cannon thundered in the south, and with the sound, the carols drowned of peace on earth, goodwill to men. It was, it was as if an earthquake rent the hearthstones of a continent and made forlorn the, houses, the households born of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair, I bowed my head for there is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep, God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill to men. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, this morning, as we talk about your peace, let our hearts be open to that. Let our minds be open to it. Let our spirits be open to that, Lord, that we truly get what you have done for all of humanity and has afforded us an opportunity of peace through your son. So, Lord, we declare your truth. God, speak through me this morning, and we give you praise and thanks. Amen. I really, truly believe that in every heart, of us as people. We, we want peace. We desire peace. We don't desire war, violence, hate, all those things. That's a byproduct of our selfish desires. I, I, I believe we, we want peace. We strive for it, but it's hard because we're sinful. We're broken, and that's not always the outcome. See, the, the truth is, is, even though we want peace and we try to seek for peace, our earth is broken. Humanity is fallen. And we will never know peace unless we submit to the personhood of Jesus. 
In the Gospel of Luke, like we just read a little bit before with, with Elsa, um, we, we have this account of the angels declaring peace on earth. And I think it's just really good to kind of place us in this situation. This is like their coming out party, man. Like they are going extra on this. The angels, they, they come. It's a vast host of angels. I want to read it right here in Luke 2, verses 13 and 14. It's part of our memory verse too. It says this, Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. And I could not imagine what the situation was like. These shepherds out in the field, the first angel comes, which they're like, whoa, what's going on? They're just watching their like sheep do their thing and making sure everything's all right. And then a vast company, a vast host of angels come. And the only thing I could think of was the first time as a kid, I went to an IMAX movie down at Riverfront Park um, in the old pavilion. It was like a field trip for some National Geographic thing. And we all went, it was like second grade. I remember sitting there in, in the seat and it's just this giant screen. And they usually would play like the little um, kind of get ready stuff for the show. And it was like the Dolby digital surround where it's like that, boom and it just like shook and I was just like Aah! and this whole screen that is giant is just like glowing I'm like this is massive because at my house we had our you know old little 27 inch like tube tv that was this thick that wide and weighed you know a thousand pounds and I was like this is massive and I, I could not imagine being a shepherd in the field and just this vast host of angels declaring a world-changing moment. Because this is truly the first time that an everlasting plan of peace is being brought to the world. They are showing out because it's happening. And it's not coming through a treaty or an agreement between nations of tribes or a ceasefire. It's not some government bailout plan that finally got voted on the last hour. What it is, is a proclamation to bring peace to the unsettled heart, to provide an opportunity of an unpeaceful burden, our sin, that is crushing our soul, to be broken and lifted. That is what is being proclaimed as the angels say, peace on earth. It is for the entire world, not just a select few, for God so loved the world that he gave his son. And so the angels, are, they are showing out. They are like, peace on earth is now here. This opportunity to say yes to Jesus, to allow this person, this baby, who is our savior, to grow up, live a perfect life, lay his life down, sacrifice his life, but then to rise again, this right here is the plan. And it goes all the way back to the first promise in the Garden of Eden, when Eve is told, like, yeah, like, there's going to be lots going to strike your heel, but you're going to crush the devil's head. This right here is this moment, like, boom, it is here. The Messiah is born. And that is why it's so important that we focus, not only during this time, but 24-7 on the person of Jesus and who he is and what he does. Because it reminds us and it brings us back to really our greatest needs. That is to be loved, to know love, to have hope, to have joy, and to have 
peace. Our need is not in money or things. Our need is in salvation. And truly, it's saving from ourselves. That is our greatest need. Because like that poem that was written, the world is a bad place. There is violence. There is war. You can say, like, there's no peace on earth. Like, are you joking me? Have you literally turned the news on? Have you even gone on your social media feed? Like, there is no peace on earth, man. But what we do know is peace has come to earth for us to say yes to. That is by saying yes to Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So we can truly experience love, truly have hope, truly have joy, and truly have a peace that surpasses all understanding. So we talk about the angel's candle because the angels proclaim this to the shepherds and to the world. It's, again, like the coming out party. They're like, boom, it's here. Like, I, I, I don't know, like, what songs they played. It might have sound, I think, just like what Karen played because your voice is amazing. Just, it was probably very, very similar to that. Um, but what, what we know from this and what they are declaring, and this is our first point this morning, is this. Peace only comes through Jesus. Peace truly only comes through Jesus. It doesn't come through a self-help book or this or that or this treaty or this organization or whatever it is. It truly only comes through Jesus. Again, in Luke 2, 14, the angel said, peace on earth to whom his favor rests, meaning to those who have said yes to Jesus, who are now reconciled to God through Jesus. This is a proclamation of God's plan to provide peace between him and us. And the plan is Jesus. What's kind of funny, I think sometimes, is I've thought about this as a young kid, that like when peace came on earth and they proclaimed it, it's like those scenes in the movies when like people grab the two points of like a medallion or some type of thing to like bring peace to like the war. Like we need both pieces. They put them together and it's like, and like fairy dust goes everywhere and everybody's like, oh, I'm not fighting anymore. Like I love you. And that's not what happens. Like fairy dust did not get poured out on everybody in the entire world. No, they are proclaiming Jesus has come. Salvation has come. And we now have the opportunity to be at peace with God forever. Because as sinners, which we are all sinners, scripture is very clear about that, that nobody's perfect. That we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So as sinners, we are separated from God. There's distance. We are his enemies is what the Bible actually says, but God so loved the world that he gave his son. And I want to go to a verse I actually shared um, two weeks ago in Romans chapter five. Um, it starts here in verse eight, and it says this, but God demonstrates, you have to kind of stop there and you're like, why is there a but? Now I'm a junior high youth group leader. My kids would be like, <laughs> he said but. <laughs> you have to ask yourself, why, why is there a but right there? It's because before, Paul is just setting up this thing like, we are sinners, we are fallen, like, we are basically hopeless. Like, good luck, man. It's almost like really depressing. Like, oh, like, 
I guess I'm a worse person in the world, you know, and you're just kind of like, man. But he says, but God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Verse nine, since we have now been justified by his blood, this is Christ's sacrifice, his blood being shed, washing away our sins, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled, made at peace, to him through the death of his son, how much more having been reconciled or made at peace, shall we be saved through his life? Because Jesus rose again. He is alive. He is, he is here. He's not just dead and gone. No, he is alive and living. Verse 11, not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation or been made at peace with God. We have peace with God through Jesus, and it's only through Jesus. And peace with God is the ultimate peace. It brings back to this um, Old Testament word of shalom, being at peace. And it's like this, this picture of the Garden of Eden, how we were created to be and how we were intended to be, to be at peace with God and living in peace with God. This is what Jesus does, is he restores shalom, restores peace for us with God. And that is why the angels proclaim peace on earth for those in whom God is well pleased. Peace on earth for those who have said yes to Jesus, or proclaim his salvation. We are now at peace with God. And if we're not at peace with God, which many are, we are against God, and if we are against God, that's not good. There's a lot of stories in the Bible, sorry to be a spoiler person, but it doesn't end very well for those who are against God. I'm just saying. See, we were created to be with God, but again, we broke that. We separated ourselves from that. But God demonstrates his love, right? And so through Jesus, we are restored back. We are reconciled back to God through Christ's atoning sacrifice. So Jesus is our plan for peace. Came as a baby, again, grew up, lived as a man, lived a perfect life, and then willingly laid his life down. His blood was shed to wash away our sins, but it didn't stop there. Three days later, he rose to show the power over the grave and the power that we can also have as well as Christ followers. So peace on earth, again, the angels they are praising God, saying, the plan is here. This is good. The plan is here. And they are stoked. They are excited because humanity now has an opportunity to be reconciled back to God forever. Not just for a single moment, but forever. Now, I want to do make mention that when we say yes to Jesus, we receive this peace that surpasses all understanding, that does not mean our lives will be peaceful. There's gonna be lots of unsettled moments. We live on earth. We are still human. We interact with other humans. We experience hurt, pain, suffering. I do not want to diminish 
those true emotions that God does give us to process through. And it could be an everyday battle. What we are called to do is to every day seek the Holy Spirit's power to receive that peace that surpasses understanding, to say, I'm trusting in you today, Lord. Holy Spirit, empower me to wake up. Empower me to, to live this life because right now I'm hurting. Right now it sucks. But the Holy Spirit offers us the strength to go forward. And that only happens when we say yes to Jesus. It only happens when we submit to the personhood of who Christ is and what he has done. In Philippians chapter four, verses four through seven, um, the apostle Paul in his letter to the church in Philippi um, gives us a pretty clear cut kind of, here's your next step when it comes to um, just living out this true peace and rejoicing in all circumstances. And this is coming from Paul who is writing this letter from jail and he's been pretty much murdered a couple of times, but he's miraculously come back to life. He's like, he's been broken in half. Like he's like, yeah, I've had a pretty tough life. <laughs> like, and this is what he says in verse four of Philippians chapter four. Rejoice in the Lord always. And it's funny is that word always means always. I don't know. And he's almost like, wait, you didn't hear me. He says, I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, which means we gotta ask God for stuff. We gotta petition God and say like, yo, God, like I am struggling, help me out. So we are allowed to petition God and we're actually called to petition him like a lot. <laughs> but with thanksgiving, Present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, when we choose Jesus and we submit to him and we claim his peace, we are actually defeating the enemy. And something that I uh, was just kind of thinking through and just reading through and and it kind of sounds a little like counterintuitive, is peace can be a weapon against the enemy. You're like, wait, peace? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, peace is this like tranquil, and I love how Elsa said, like, we think it's like this like hum, you know, moment. And sure, there's like tranquil times of peace, and we say that in our common vernacular, like it's very peaceful, you know, next to a stream, you know, as the deer panteth for the water, and you're like, yes peaceful. But man, when we choose peace in the middle of a storm, we are completely destroying the enemy. We are telling them, like, get out of town, man. You do not belong here. I think the word tells us, it's very clear, that the enemy, his number one job, his directive, is to rob, kill, steal, and destroy. Basically, he wants to kill all of us. Like, that's what the scripture says. The enemy is after us because that's who he is. He's an idiot. He's dumb. And he wants to ruin our lives. But when we use peace as a weapon against the enemy, we blow a hole into who he is in his entire 
strategy, which is nothing because at the end, like it says in Genesis, we crush the head of the serpent. Like Jesus wins, so we have to just claim that victory. And so in claiming that victory in our lives, let's use peace as a weapon. When life is completely just going chaotic and there are so many opportunities to say like, I give up, like this is too much, I am overwhelmed. That is our moment to say, Holy Spirit, I ask for your peace right now in the middle of the storm. That is weaponizing peace to defeat the enemy. We need to use peace as a weapon against the enemy. Because we know that true peace on earth only happens through Jesus. And another truth too is peace only happens when evil is non-existent. As long as there's evil, peace won't truly flourish. We can attach ourselves to peace as individuals and we have ultimate peace through God, but it isn't until the end of times when Jesus comes back and resets everything over again that true peace actually flourishes. And like Kate shared earlier this morning at a Revelation 19, that is a picture of the Prince of Peace coming in and resetting everything. He wrecks the earth. He truly does. But it's after that that true peace actually flourishes because he will then rule with justice and righteousness. And he will rule fairly because he is the Prince of Peace. And so our peace comes with God. And we are, during Advent, awaiting that. And But we also claim that because Jesus has come but we are also awaiting the eventual return of Jesus to restore total peace as well. I wanna finish here in just the next few moments with um, some scripture out of Isaiah chapter nine. And Isaiah um, has a lot of prophecies about Jesus, about the Savior. And, And back then, it was about 700 years before Jesus, he probably didn't know exactly how it was going to be played out. I mean, the Holy Spirit is um, inspiring him to write these words, but he doesn't know exactly. But what's so cool is literally every prophecy he wrote about Jesus came true. Here's what he says in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Again, he's resetting the landscape. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. What we know is Jesus is the plan for peace. He is the ultimate source of peace. And we are all searching for peace. Maybe more so now than ever before. There are so many pulls and tugs on just the human heart. But the plan of peace and of salvation through Jesus settles the heart and lifts the burden of sin. So at Advent, we celebrate King Jesus. 
who brings peace on earth, to whom God's favor rests. And I think it deserves a question for us to think through. And um, Karen's just gonna play a little bit and sing a little bit to allow us a moment just to reflect. But simply, where are we at with Jesus? Where are you at with Jesus? If you claim Jesus, Jesus as your savior, grasp that peace, weaponize the peace that he offers. And if you're in a storm, like claim it and defeat the enemy and say, you have no room here, devil. Like, get behind. I have Jesus. You can claim peace in the middle of the storm. Maybe you need to reestablish that connection with Jesus. Let's reestablish that. Recenter yourself into who Jesus is and what he does. Maybe it's confessing some things. We know from 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Maybe you just need a moment to just reconnect that with Jesus. Or maybe you've never taken that step to say, I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, that he died and he rose again and he is my Lord and Savior. Maybe you've never done that. I wanna encourage you during this time to declare that. I'm gonna come back up and kind of lead us through a time of response and we can put the lights down a little bit too. Um, And so for people at home, um, I wanna just charge you just to create a space, to create a moment just to connect with what the Holy Spirit is doing. Um, And so that might mean putting your headphones in, turning it up more to really like feel a part of it or maybe it's quieting some of the kids around or whatever it is. Um, Let this be a moment that you can just be a part of and just kind of enter into what God is doing. And so Karen's gonna sing a a song. Um, The words will, will, will be up there so you can sing along, but just take a moment to reflect and respond to what the Holy Spirit is doing.
let's go ahead and invite us to all actually stand right now. And um, I think to just claim the name of Jesus over whatever's happening in your life, the unpeaceful moments or the unhopeful moments or whatever it is, and just claim Jesus over it. And so let's just sing that chorus a little bit longer and, and just claim Jesus over it, the name of Jesus, because that is a peace that he affords to all of us who claim him, a peace that surpasses all understanding. So just claim the name of Jesus over whatever it is that's happening in your life. Claim that. It's Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, we sing that Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, 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 we, we claim your name over every entire thing that's happening. We claim your peace. We claim your hope, your love, and your joy. For you are the Prince of Peace. And Lord, in whatever storm we're going through, we say, we say no to the enemy trying to tell us lies and lead us into a place of hopelessness or a place of turmoil. We say, we say no to that. And we claim there is peace through your Holy Spirit in Jesus. So Holy Spirit, empower us right now in this moment to claim that peace. And for those of us who have yet to say yes to Jesus, just right now, just say, Jesus, I claim you. You are my Lord and Savior. My unsettled heart is settled in you and you alone. Just claim that out. Lord God, we, we are thankful and we rejoice in all circumstances because we know where we stand. That's standing in your love, standing in you, who you are. And you have brought peace on earth. And we claim that. We worship your holy, holy name. Amen. 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 Well, if you wanted to chat a little bit more, maybe you're at home on the live stream, here's what I would want you to do um, is email us. And the best way to do that is email info, I-N-F-O, at chinifaithcenter.org. You could reach out to us. We'd love to get in contact with you and chat more. If you need prayer, if you need pastoral, just time, just to, just to listen or just to be there, we would love to do that with you. Um, here in this room, if you want to chat more or need prayer, 
I would love to pray with you and for you. Um, we also have a great opportunity right outside these doors. Some of us here are signed up as drivers to take um, food out to the different families here in the, the Cheney area. Um, so I think it's, it's go time <laughs> for, for, for those meals. So if you've signed up for that, um, go out there. Dwayne is out there. He's got it really well organized with addresses and all sorts of things. So you'll grab your meals. You'll take that outward and um, bless the people in our community. So thank you so much for joining. And we'll hopefully see you Christmas Eve here at the parking lot at 4 p.m. Dress warm. We'll have hand warmers um, as well if you need them. Um, but we'll be out there to celebrate King Jesus. Amen.